The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to She Talks Health with Sophie Shepard. Today's woman has a lot of questions about their health and lifestyle choices. But where can you get the right answers? The answer is here and the time is now. Here is your host, Sophie Shepard. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the She Talks Health radio show. This is your host, Sophie Shepard coming to you on the health and wellness channel of Voice America, which is the largest live internet radio network in the world. So hello US, hello Canada, hello China, and a special shout out to Denmark for tuning in. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in today and um, make sure to go and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at She Talks Health for the latest in women's health. Today, we are going to be talking about some of the biggest issues facing women today from infertility in the height of COVID-19 to low libido, which, you know, let's face it, if you're stuck at home with your significant other right now, your libido might be a little bit low. And to dive into these sensitive topics, I've actually invited a trailblazer in women's health, Dr. Jill Blakeway to the show. And Jill is absolutely incredible. She is actually named by the New York Times as a fertility goddess. And she's a three-time published author on this, on sexual health and wellness. Jill, welcome to the show. Please tell me. It's lovely <laughs> to see you. It's so lovely <laughs> to see you. Jill and I have become fast friends over the past few weeks through COVID-19. And I'm just so happy to have you on the show today. Would you? I'm very about- happy to be here. Yes. Um, would you tell the audience just a little bit more about you? I know your bio is long and lengthy and we're going to go through all the things that you get to offer for women. But would you tell people a little bit more about your background and, and how you got started in women's health? Yes, well, I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist, um, and uh, that's my doctorate in acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And I founded a center in New York called Yenova, which has three lovely clinics in New York, um, uh, staffed by practitioners of Chinese medicine. We're all on lockdown at the moment, but we're treating our patients virtually and carrying on regardless. And you're right, I, I write books. My first book was called Making Babies, a three-month program for maximum fertility. And I wrote that with a fertility doctor to try and bring together both the cutting-edge Western medicine and Eastern medicine's take on how to get pregnant. And I think that's what people really want. They want the best of all possible worlds. So we, we did that in Making Babies. And then I wrote a book about libido called Sex Again. Honestly, Sophie, because my fertility patients would tell me that they tried so hard to have a baby they were like we'll never have sex again and I was like (laughs) oh no 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 you will and I will write a book for us Uh, and my recent book which came out last year was a bit of a departure it's called energy medicine the science and mystery of healing and HarperCollins very kindly commissioned me to go around the world talking to scientists and uh, healers and mystics 
about how bodies can be prompted to self-heal. And it was the first time that a mainstream publisher has ever published a book on energy healing. And what they asked me to do was write a book for skeptics, looking at the science behind it, not just the woo. And so I've had enormous fun writing that book and promoting it. Um, and I think that's how we met, wasn't it, through that book, Sophie? I think so. I think so. And wow, what an incredible history. And I can't wait to talk about the subjects of each of these books. And I think a good place to start is maybe with your first book, because I know that this Thursday marks National Infertility Awareness Week. And unfortunately, many thousands of couples, uh, depending on IVF treatments, have had their current treatments canceled because of COVID-19, which is just leaving so many people frustrated and in despair. And your first book, Making Babies, um, like you said, is a three-month program for maximum fertility. And I believe in that book, you, you speak about conceiving naturally. I'm just curious, are there any insights from that book that are especially relevant for women right now who may not be able to get access to their IVF treatments and are just at home so frustrated and afraid and not sure what to do next? Yes, I'm... I'm incredibly sorry that this has happened to people because it is a time sensitive issue and we're talking to people at Unova who are really very disappointed that their IVFs have been cancelled and what we're doing is we're taking them through the three month program and making babies as a prep for when they come back so that they hopefully it works first time and they're really prepared and we actually have um, this is hot off the press. This isn't on our website, but we have a fertility coaching group starting that's going to take people through the program. Um, and if you write to Emma at unova.com before she's even advertised it, you can go on the list ahead of people. <laughs> That's a tip. Uh, and they'll be meeting weekly on Zoom and we're doing virtual consults with them. But in Making Babies, what Dr. David, who was the fertility doctor I wrote the book with and I uh, did was we, we wanted to say to people, there isn't a one size fits all answer for fertility. You see that a lot on the internet. I'm taking a fertility herb. Well, there isn't really, everybody has a different fertility problem. Um, and so what we did was we divided people into five groups and you do a quiz which you can do on the Yanova Center website, Y-I-N-O-V-A, Center, spelt the American way, website. And um, you work out your fertility type. And then from there, you follow a program for your type. And we really, Sophie, we, we split people up into the people who are perimenopausal. We call them the dry type, the people who are suffering from dryness and hot flashes and things like that. And they need a very different approach. They need um, um, support of producing estrogen. Uh, and we get very good results with those people. We do it with Chinese herbs for the most part. And they're very different from the estrogen dominant people, the people who have PMS and endometriosis and um, fibroids and things like that. They actually have to avoid estrogenic plants even tofu and soy milk um, but they need a, they're like pressure cookers they need a lot of support releasing the pressure and then we had what we called the waterlogged type which are really the people with PCOS um, who are a whole category on their own and um, Chinese medicine can be very helpful for those people so we wanted to give them specific advice um, and then we have what we call the tired type which is a lot of people which are people who are metabolically slow sensitive to sugar insulin resistant 
those those kinds of people. And then we had one last category called the pale type, which are people who are literally pale, um, who aren't necessarily getting nourishment from their diet for whatever reason, sometimes because they're not eating well, but often because they're not digesting well. And so we gave targeted advice to those three groups. And um, we are in over are going to take our tribe, our community through uh, a, a Making Babies program. We're going to start several groups in succession so we can keep them small and intimate and people can support each other. Um, but that is how we are spending our time during lockdown is getting people ready either to conceive naturally or um, have a better chance at IVF when all of this is done. Absolutely wonderful, wonderful. And I just want to dive into this a little bit. So ladies who are listening, couples who are listening, like uh, Jill said, there are many reasons why infertility could be occurring for you. And uh, I personally have unfortunately experienced the perimenopausal and the estrogen dominant type and the pale type um, all through my just 30 years of living. So this is just a time to for me to remind you as um, a health and wellness coach for women that you can change throughout your life um, depending on what's going on in your environment. And that is why I'm just such a big believer in Chinese medicine and also in testing and, and doing these types of, you know, questionnaires and things like that. So you can really understand how you specifically can attack the the reproductive issue at hand. So for someone who's in a perimenopausal type, you know, these are these are women who might not be producing enough estrogen. And we need estrogen, of course, for fertility. Um, for estrogen dominant type people, you know, this is someone who I probably deal with most often. And this is where we have to dig in and see, you know, are you creating too much estrogen? Or are you just not filtering it out of the liver and out of the uh, the GI tract in time. So there's, you know, there's a lot of things that go into this. And I love that you are creating this three month program for, for women, regardless of where they are, because what I see in my practice at She Talks Health is just so much frustration around fertility and not knowing whether or not people can get pregnant or what's even causing it. So I love that you've separated them out into these five groups. Now, if someone does this three-month program, are they learning kind of aspects of each of each type as they go through or is it more general? Well, yes. Uh, nobody's just one type, of course. So uh, it's good to read them all. But what we did, Chinese medicine has a lot of wisdom to offer when it comes to self-care because originally that was the medicine <laughs> Uh, and so, and we also dwell in that area uh, where of the body's intelligence. I always think that that we talk a lot about chi and energy, and it can sound very woo and amorphous. But the truth is that energy, in some ways, is your body's intelligence. It's all the little synchronicities that have to line up in this case to get pregnant. And when you think about it, there are a lot. You have to ovulate at the right time. If you ovulate too early, now I have seen people get pregnant on a day five ovulation. But if you ovulate too early, the egg's a little immature. It has to go down the tube smoothly. And if you have sort of gummed up tubes, it can get delayed and deteriorate. It meets the sperm in the fallopian tube and then heads into the uterus to nestle into the, endometrio uh, the endometrium, the uterine lining, in order to um, implant. Now, the uterine lining has to be receptive at the right moment. Uh, and it's not receptive for very long. It's just like two or three days. 
So you can see that all those little synchronicities can get just out of balance. And that, I think, is what Chinese medicine is particularly good at. Acupuncture is awesome at it, which is why acupuncture has a reputation for enhancing fertility. But we can actually do it with lifestyle and with Chinese herbs. And that's what we're doing with our patients at the moment. We're coaching them on Zoom. And it's working. Wow, that's absolutely incredible, especially because I've had a lot of experience just being a patient of someone uh, having acupuncture. That's obviously in person. So how have things shifted in your practice now that you can't physically put needles in somebody, right? But And you're just doing this over Zoom. How are you able to still support people with this? Is it through assessing where they are and, and giving them the correct herbs for, for where their body is right now? Well, we're a, we're a good practice for this in some ways because we're very medically literate. We've always integrated with the Western medical system. That's why I wrote Making Babies with a Doctor. So we do a full diagnosis from a Chinese medicine point of view, and then we make suggestions. And some of them are dietary, and some of them are lifestyle suggestions. Some of them are herbs, and we our pharmacy is up and running beautifully, even though we're all on lockdown. So we, we send out herbs to our patients and also supplements, vitamins some minerals and things like that and but I actually also do energy work uh, online with my patients I when I was writing energy medicine I didn't know a lot about distance healing and to be honest I assumed it was all placebo um, which I think is fair you know to think well you're not with the patient how could that be but when I was researching the book I came across a body of knowledge scientifically that shows that we affect each other even from a distance for instance at the University of Connecticut they put two people in separate MRIs in separate places and when one thought about the other their brain waves synced up and you could see that on the MRI and that that blew my mind to be honest but it's the kind of feeling we all have and we've all done this where we text someone or we think about someone and they text us or in my case I think about a patient I haven't seen for a decade and they just suddenly come to my head and of course they're on my schedule the next week and everybody has had an experience like that so I was interested to find that there were people researching in universities what that is the power of the mind to affect an energy field is what that is and I also looked at research that showed Sophie that when someone's interviewing someone like you and I now um, the interviewees heart waves start to show up in the interview viewers brainwaves and they measure that um, uh, they can see that so we can affect each other in ways that we're only just beginning to understand the effect if not the cause yet um, so I have been doing energy work with my patients I put them I, we do guided meditation and I help them use their mind to affect their own energy the mind's very powerful and then when they're in a receptive state I also um, go in there and I've been um, detailing these results because I'm, obviously I, I'm going to write a new book on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I dropped down a considerable rabbit hole, Sophie, and so um, I'm looking to write about this. So I'm following up with all these patients to see how much is in their minds, you know, and how much is causing real physiological difference. Absolutely. Wow. That's incredible. I just learned so much and I actually do feel really connected to you right now. I know we're, we're also looking at each other through a screen, but I actually woke up today in a lot of pain and I've been in pain for about two hours um, with just my neck being very tight. And ever since we got on the call about 15 minutes ago, everything seems to feel better. So I know that your positive energy is coming my way and I'm sure that's very healing. And 
you know, it's interesting to me too. It's a, a little bit of a, a different subject, but, um, but I, I deal with a lot of women who come in, yes, they have menstrual cycle issues like PCOS or even just painful periods without a diagnosis. And one of the other things that I see is that most of these women are type A uh, go-getters and they have a lot of digestive issues as well. And of course, we know that the gut is uh, connected to the brain. And the work that I've been doing recently around supporting them has been mostly around their mental, emotional health and how that's affecting their condition. And quite honestly, just creating a perfect storm for them to not heal if they don't manage what's going on in the brain. So I think that this energy medicine you're doing is the wave of the future. And what I love about what you are talking about, and even in the title of your book, you have the science of healing um, through energy medicine. And you've always put science in part of what you're talking about. Like you said, it's not just the (laughs) woo-woo, which I think people can really, really appreciate. You know, you mentioned that um, HarperCollins commissioned you to go around the world and to interview people. Was there already an interest from on your part to do this or how did she find you? And, you know, this is definitely a, a hard left turn from, you know, libidos and making babies. So where did this come from for you? Like, what was the impetus? And, um, and can you explain a little bit about what you learned while you were around the world interviewing these healers? Well, it was a bit of a departure for me, but not as much as you would think. Um, because, and I, I tell this story in the book, for many years, I had very strong energy coming out of my hands that people could feel. And I didn't know what it was. And I had all the questions I think a responsible practitioner would have. You know, is it placebo? I mean, obviously, they could feel it and I could feel it too. But what if I just had very strong energy coming out of my hands and it did absolutely nothing at all, but people were very impressed by it and then healed due to the placebo effect. Uh, And so I I think that was, you know, that's a fair thing to ask yourself. So I never advertised it. I was very on the down low. As you can hear, I'm British and I I, I sort of have a horror of being weird. And I was already weird because I was an acupuncturist. My parents already rolled their eyes. <laughs> and so Wait, I you're British? I, no. <laughs> I was like, well, who am I now if I have this thing? Um, but patients would tell me that they felt that it healed them. And so I was keen to go and find out if it was a real thing, if it was measurable, um, and you know, if if or if it did nothing at all. And I was very open to the answer. This is doing absolutely nothing at all. Uh, and I was very happy being an acupuncturist. So uh, I sort of hid behind my acupuncture needles, and I was a closet energy worker for at least a decade, possibly more, fifteen years. But what I found out, I submitted my body to science, Sophie, and what I found out was they that they put an EEG on my brain and an EKG on my heart uh, while I was working. And what happens is that my heart and my brain go into resonance. They go at the same frequency. And um, to do that, I have to slow down my brain quite a lot. And I, they think um, that I just learned how to do that because I loved the patients and I wanted to help them. And I manipulate my autonomic nervous system a little to do it uh, via the vagus nerve, it would appear. But the interesting thing is, thanks to something called mirror neurons, the patient's heart then goes into the same frequency as mine. So we're all resonating at the same frequency in the clinic. And they think that's when the magic happens, that information gets passed on a wave. And in fact, the scientists I talked to didn't like the term energy because energy dissipates over a distance. 
And they told me um, it's information carried by a wave, but that didn't sound like a good title for a book, information carried by wave medicine. <laughs> so I stuck with energy. <laughs> um, but, and, and the, frequency that comes out of people's hands, healers' hands, is measurable. And there are lots of studies that look at it. There was an interesting study in Japan in 1992 that looked at Qigong masters who are very well-trained energy healers with a lot of practice and discipline. And the, free, the amount of energy that was coming out of their hands was a thousand times greater than what is the, normally the greatest energy field in the body, which is the heart. Uh, and so they had upped their energy to a, a very measurable degree. And interestingly, the energy that comes out of their hands is a very low frequency. And it is, in fact, the same frequency that hospitals use to heal bone and soft tissue. In all the best orthopedic hospitals, they run electricity through broken bones to speed up healing and it would appear that it's the same frequency that qigong masters produce naturally wow <laughs> you are blowing my mind this is incredible information and i love again that you just went on this kind of this trip to see well is this real and that you were a closeted energy healer for years that's that's wonderful i think that that's helpful for people who might be listening who are more skeptics and i guess it sounds like you are not a skeptic anymore after doing the research and finding out how this is measurable and going around the world to to talk to different masters in this is there a other than energy is there are there different type you mentioned qigong and are there other types of like energy healing are there categories that people can look for i'm i'm curious how people can access this if they are just listening from you know all over the world obviously they can schedule time time with you um, but what what's a practical step for somebody who might want to try this and and why would they want to try this you know what would be going on in their body that this would support well, I found, Sophie, that it was particularly good for chronic illnesses. And um, chronic illnesses, as we mentioned before, are often um, issues with synchronization. Your body has intelligence. It does things autonomically is what it's called, but it does things unconsciously to you all the time. Our bodies self-heal and come back into homeostasis all the time. So we have a couple of too many glasses of wine at dinner and our liver knows to detoxify. We get a bug bite and we have a histamine reaction. We don't think, oh, I must have a histamine reaction now and get inflamed so that it carries uh, toxicity away. Your body um, is smart in ways that are really interesting. Um, and a lot of the ways the body systems communicate with each other are very intricate with feedback systems and it would appear that energy medicine is particularly good at helping those and you you said um, that I'm not a skeptic anymore but actually in many ways I am I, I I learned some things but I think it's important to remain skeptical I think it's important not a sort of closed-minded dogmatic skeptic a sort of open skeptic so you know I, I think well prove it and I try and think of all the other reasons that someone could you know be healing in response to a prompt and that the the actual range of energy medicine is huge in some ways. It, uh, it is, to, to give it a broad description, it's all those modalities that either diagnose or treat by contacting the electrical energy in every cell. 
Um, but it, go, it ranges from acupuncture, which is a form of energy medicine and is licensed here in the United States. So it's a very sort of, it's a much more legitimate, standardized form of energy medicine through Reiki, which lots of people do, Qigong, and many forms of hands-on and hands-off healing, uh, including faith healing uh, and, and prayer and, and things like that. And I looked at all of them in the book to see, you know, what was measurable uh, and how things things worked. Wow, absolutely amazing. And you mentioned chronic illness. So let's loop this back to potentially the listening audience, which are are women who might be suffering from infertility, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis, um, and PMS and fibroids. Now you're starting to do this virtually. And are there any ways that you can start to measure their shifts? Um, I know that you might, if you're listening, you might not think that, you know, these are chronic illnesses, but it is my opinion that these are chronic illnesses. Anytime when our body can't get back to that place of self-healing, that homeostasis that you mentioned, that's chronic. And I am somebody who um, has chronic illness that I, I manage really well. And there's all these different modalities and tools and levers that I pull in my health. And acupuncture happens to be one of them, chiropractic, of course, nutrition and other lifestyle factors. And so this, this world of energy um, medicine is something that's very fascinating to me for my menstrual health and kind of keeping things um, happy and flowing. So I'm curious if you have had some experience now that can be measurable or if you're still in that place of just kind of noting it and seeing, you know, where it goes right now with your own patients. We do measure our outcomes at Unova. We're a very sort of scientifically literate practice. We all have our feet on the ground. So we do. And we're actually um, doing an endometriosis study at the moment with a surgeon where she is um, doing surgery for endometriosis. And then we are seeing if we can stop it growing back as quickly. One of the problems with endometriosis is they do a surgery and then it grows back. And so we, but we're not just using energy medicine. We're using diet, lifestyle, herbs, acupuncture, we're doing a, a lot of things. And one of the things I found is that energy medicine isn't miraculous. It's, it's not magic. You can't just, you know, wave a wand and make a fibroid go away, for instance. And the people, I had a whole section on charlatans in my book. And the people who I um, suspected were charlatans often claimed to be doing magic. You know, you just see, need to see me for 60 seconds and your chronic illness that you've had for five years will just magically disappear. That isn't how it works um, in my experience uh, at all. And uh, results from that tended to be placebo and very short-lived. And the best healers I met were plugging away with their patients, a bit like I do in my clinic, where, you know, we make grand gradual, measurable progress over time. Absolutely. I, I love that, again, bringing it back to the realities and, and what we can actually measure and what we can do and that this is a holistic experience, right? We This is another tool that people can access and could hopefully be open to accessing that tool. I love that you are doing this um, endometriosis study and this is such an incredible thing to be doing right now. I mean, endometriosis is affecting one in 10 women in the United States, um, and it's just de debilitating and painful for them, not to mention causes 
infertility and other issues. So what an incredible thing to be leading. And I know there's not a lot of research and development going into women's health, let alone reproductive health, let alone (laughs) endometriosis. So thank you so much for doing this study. And we are actually going to head into break. I have loved this conversation so far. We've talked about energy healing. We've talked a little bit about how um, your, your book, Making Babies, is being explored during the pandemic, how you can you know, achieve that natural uh, pregnancy, hopefully, or fertility. Um, so that coming out of the pandemic, you are set up for success with your IVF treatment. And coming back out from the break, we'll definitely be talking about low libido, because I know that's a big thing for a lot of women right now, and how we can support our menstrual health. And if you've been resonating with this episode so far, please make sure to go over and give us five stars and shoot us a comment in iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast listening platform. And I'll be sure to answer or respond to your questions and comments on next week's episode. So we just love to hear you at She Talks Health. So please make sure to tune in over there and we'll see you right after the break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Sophie Shepard is a functional nutrition practitioner and founder of She. Sophie helps busy women all over the world go from hormonal chaos to optimal hormonal alignment so they can live their lives fully without being held back by their bodies. Using the power of functional lab testing combined with life-changing mindset shifts and integrating the entire body's system. If the only thing holding you back is your health, it's time to stop letting hormonal chaos run your world. Book your health discovery call today by going to SheTalksHealth.com. Are you done medicating and guessing your way through the exhaustion, pain, and irritability caused by hormonal and digestive health issues? Sophie Shepard, founder of She, will help you go from symptom-ridden and confused to finally having clarity about how your hormones work and confidence in your health strategy in just 10 days. If you are ready to stop living with no energy, brain fog, anxiety, digestive issues, and painful periods, then check out the 10-Day Digestive and Hormone Reboot at SheTalksHealth.com. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to she talks health if you have a question or comment about the show send an email to sophie at she-nyc.com that's sophie at she-nyc.com now back to she talks health welcome back everyone to she talks health this is your host sophie shepherd and i have the incredible dr jill blakeway here with me today and we are talking all about how we can use energy medicine to support our bodies 
low libido, how we can improve that and how we can be supporting our infertility throughout coronavirus. In the first half of the episode, we talked deeply around how we can use energy medicine and what even energy medicine means. And before we move into kind of the other part of this, which was, you know, dealing with low libido, which I know a lot of women are experiencing right now. I've been hearing a lot from my audience around that. So we'll definitely be talking about that. But one more thing before we move out of the energy medicine field, really want to ask um, a little bit extra around this chronic illness. We talked a little bit about how we can use energy to um, support chronic illness. Are there any studies that you came across in all of you traveling around the world that showed how energy medicine can support the chronic illness that so many people are facing today? Well, yes, having traveled all around the world, Sophie, I found a professor in New York, which is where I live, right on my doorstep, a man called Dr. William Bankston. And I, I dedicate an entire chapter in the book to his studies because they're fascinating. Dr. Bankston, many years ago, met a psychic healer who was quite an erratic um, human being in many ways and taught him an energy healing technique. And Dr. Bankston is just a pure scientist. Um, so he decided to take it in the lab to test it. And um, he took mice that were specially bred to have cancer, poor mice. And I know that some of you are probably feeling really sad just at the mention. So I want you to tell you, tell you that these mice have a happy ending. I feel like I should tell you that now. But he, he got mice that were specially bred to have cancer. And those mice always die on day 27. They inject cancer into them and they're genetically um, uh, modified in order to die on day 27. And that's how drugs for cancer are tested on these special mice. So at City University, they got these mice and they gave them breast cancer, mammary cancer. And to start with, Dr. Bankston did the experiment on his own and he did the hocus pocus, as he calls it, the, the technique he was taught. And the mice got a lot worse, which freaked him out. And then they got better. And they completely recovered, which is unheard of with these kinds of mice. And what's more, when they re-injected them, with cancer, they couldn't get it. Their immune systems had been permanently changed. So what Dr. Bankston did, like a good scientist, because science should be replicable, yeah? There's no point just having a special something that happens somewhere that nobody can access. We have to build on each other's progress. He wondered if he could just teach anyone to do this. So he took a group of skeptical students and faculty members, and he taught them the technique, and he gave them six mice each. And it turned out that everybody could do this, and all the mice recovered. Occasionally, they lost one in thousands and thousands of mice studies, but um, their results are extremely anomalous, but accurate, and there's no doubt they're accurate. So I looked at Dr. Bengtsson's work closely because um, he was using a technique that he didn't actually touch the mice at all. It's a mental technique. And he very kindly let me um, teach the technique in energy medicine. It's quite simple to learn. It's quite hard to practice. He trains the students for six weeks before they do it on mice. But um, what's interesting is that they permanently change these mice in a way that's very measurable. And what, what captured my interest, Sophie, was the mice don't know they're being healed. So this is not placebo um, or not, you know, as we know it. Placebos are actually much more complicated than we think. And I have a whole chapter on placebos and energy medicine because of that. But it's not suggestion uh, because the mice <laughs> don't understand the suggestion. And yet they recover over and over again, thousands and thousands of mice at this point. 
Incredible. I love that you talked about the, the placebo effect and and guys, please go check out her book and and read this information about the placebo effect. I'm curious though, because as humans, we, we potentially do know that there's a placebo effect when we do studies. How is there any advancement in science about how we can showcase this in human beings? I know that's always a really big step when we're talking about studies. Do you know yet if there's any studies out there or are you working other than your endometriosis study on how we can test these things further in human beings? Well, I think we should use the placebo effect. We behave like it's the enemy because, of course, it's the enemy in clinical research. And I've done clinical research, so I know that. So we're always trying to you know, limit the placebo effect. But in real life, um, what your, where your mind goes makes a huge difference to the outcome of things. Now, that doesn't mean that it's your fault when you get sick. People always translate that back. And, you know, things can be very random. Uh, so I spend a lot of time trying to persuade patients that, you know, they don't deserve their ailment. It's just, you know, the way things are. And then we have to take responsibility and move forward. But the placebo effect is real. And by that, I mean, it's not just a perception that you feel better. And to give you an example, at the University of Turin, they took Parkinson's patients and gave them saline and told them it was dopamine. And they it, they increased their own dopamine um, in response to the suggestion. So you your body makes um, chemical changes in response to suggestion. And I think that is part of energy medicine. I don't mean that energy medicine is all placebo by any means, but I think your mind affects your body in a, a really profound way. And um, we should be using that, in fact, rather than fighting against it. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. And I've seen it just anecdotally in myself. And again, I'll, I'll just go back to my own, my own story. But I know when I get really anxious that I feel it in my gut almost immediately. And that's how it manifests for me physically. So I know that my mental health can <laughs> really affect what's going on for me digestively. I'm curious, in case someone's not in a clinical study, there's a lot of stress going around right now with COVID-19. Are there things people can do at home to um, support their energy, to support their mental health in this way that could support how they're showing up physically? Well, one of the things I'm doing with my patients is have them visualize putting roots down into the ground. And the ground in Chinese philosophy is yin. It's very nourishing and moistening and cooling. And our physicality is part of that. You know, it nourishes our physical bodies. It's the food we eat. It's the air we breathe. But there's another aspect to us that we don't give as much attention to, but ancient cultures always did, which is our energy. You know, the thing, it's called life force or prana or chi or pneuma in ancient Greece. Everybody had a concept that there was something that made you alive. And I always tell my patients that you are, um, your energy is really everything that isn't skin and flesh and tissue and bone in your body. So it's your memories and your feelings and your beliefs and also the autonomic uh, communication in your body, which you can affect with your mind. And I, having got people to put down a root, ask them to straighten their spine and visualize the matrix of energy they live in 
we call that the Tao in Chinese philosophy. And it's said that we live in this matrix of energy and frequencies that's intelligent and has movements in it. And we are a movement in the Tao. We're a little ripple in the Tao and we rippled up into the physical. And at some point we will ripple back into the Tao as a frequency. So while we're in the physical, we experience yin and yang. We experience the active dynamic energy that we take in from the Tao, that's yang, and the cooling, moistening, nurturing energy that's yin of the earth. And that's who human beings are in Chinese philosophy. We're said to be the connection between heaven and earth. And we are um, people who have access to an energy field of information. That's what inspiration is. It's called after the in-breath for a reason. You breathe in and you take in inspiration. Um, but we're grounded and on the ground. So you can put down a root and then open up your mind, your consciousness to the greater energy field that you're part of. And that feels very relaxing for people. I do that before I start energy work with most of my patients. Such a great visualization and something that I've been practicing. I, I have a community on Facebook called the She Community, which is free for anyone to join. And I've just been trying to provide as much meditation and movement practices as I can and information during this crazy time. And the meditation that I keep coming back to is that of grounding. And I love this idea of just grounding that people are maybe not familiar with because we live, sometimes we live up in our head, right? We, we don't feel connected to the earth. So what an incredible thing for you to be offering. And thank you for sharing a little bit around how people can maybe do this at home. This is, uh, this is very important for people to be able to access uh, wherever they are in the world. I know we talked a little bit about uh, the low libido, just to change subjects, because you have such a wide <laughs> variety of information and knowledge, Jill. It's, it's incredible. You wrote your second book on a really taboo topic on women's sexual health and libido, which is still something that people don't like to talk about. I mean, there's countless drugs marketed towards men's libido, but we don't hear a lot about tools for women's libido. In fact, it's just not talked about. And if you are a woman suffering with low libido, it's kind of like you should feel ashamed. I think a lot of women feel like they they want to uh, please the person that they're with. And I know this was my personal experience. I was in my 20s, but I had menopausal levels of estrogen and testosterone, which, as you know, really tanks your libido. And it just made me feel like less of a woman. I'm curious um, if you are still seeing people with this going on now during COVID-19 and if you could share a little bit around what else could be hindering a woman's libido and what we can do about it. Well, libido, as you sort of alluded to, is a complex topic because um, a lot of things can affect your libido. Um, it can be hormonal or chemical in some way, as you, as you pointed out. Um, it can be emotional. Um, it can be um, social in so much as it can be about your relationship or it can be emotional in so much as it's about your own attitude to your own body. Um, and it can also just be fatigue. <laughs> I, uh, I treat a lot of young mums and, you know, by the time they've dealt with toddlers all day and then they've put them to bed, the last thing they feel like doing is having sex. And I get it. Um, it's, you know, they're exhausted. So I usually sit with people and we try and untangle what is going on. And in Chinese medicine terms, just energetically, um, 
unpleasant sexual experiences in the past kind of stay with us. And sadly, most women have had um, uh, non-consensual or unpleasant or objectified sexual experiences that take away from them rather than pay into them. And when I'm talking to younger women, I, I suggest that, that as you navigate your sex life, um, look for experiences that pay in you know, that are um, enhancing your life rather than making you feel less than. Um, and I think that that's something that women um, understand, a lot of us understand as we get older and possibly um, uh, give away our power uh, when we're younger and more people-pleasing. So I sort of untangle um, uh unpleasant emotional experiences and how we hold on to those in the body and how that affects our sexual response. You can imagine that any kind of clenching makes it harder to orgasm, um, you know, which is a form of letting go. And um, good sex actually requires you to be quite unselfconscious. It is sort of spiritually, to talk spiritually for a minute, and energetically. It's one of um, human beings' um, uh, only real um, experiences of oneness done done well and um, uh, you know in order to experience oneness you have to let go of yourself a little bit and everything in society tells us to be self-conscious Sophie it doesn't tell us that during sex we should you know not worry about what we look it tells us we should worry and so women talk to me about the jiggly bit under their arm or whether their bottom looks too big and things like that and while you're busy seeing yourself through your partner's eyes it's hard to let go enough to have sexual pleasure. Um, uh, and so I try and teach people in sex again, I taught exercises that cycle energy between you and a partner. They're ancient Taoist exercises meant to create that very loving spiritual connection that sex can create. Um, and, uh, and sex is very creative. We literally create human beings with it. And so and to do that, we have to have flow. And, and so a lot of the book is about teaching that kind of energetic flow in your own body and with your partner. I wish I had this book eight years ago. <laughs> you know, this is, it's just, it's so personal for me. And I'll, you know, I'll just ex explain that a little bit because I think it's always important to, for people to hear on the other end of the line that this is, I'm just another woman and you're just another woman explaining this. And you know, you mentioned that unpleasant sexual experiences can lead to future issues with libido and your sex with your current partner. And, you know, I've definitely heard this from my clients as well. And it's interesting how these things also show up as energy. We talked a lot about energy healing in the first half of this episode. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of research, I guess, around how these traumas can get stored in different parts of the body, right? And, you know, for me and my experience, and this is a limited amount of knowledge that I have, I was in a, an abusive relationship where I was being silenced and I was definitely a people pleaser and I was definitely putting out and putting out and putting out and not getting anything back in return and kind of being in this verbal abusive place where I couldn't use my voice. Um, I could use my body to get what I wanted, right? I could use sex to get what I wanted, but not my voice. And, you know, for me, that resulted in a hypothyroid situation where, you know, energy gets stuck in the, in the throat. You're not expressing yourself. But it also led to later triggers in the relationship I'm in now sexually, where, you know, it just felt, again, like these unpleasant experiences were being held on to. 
So I'm curious in your work with the female population of reproductive years, people who have PCOS, people who have endometriosis, are you seeing this type of unpleasant sexual experience in the past or body image issues showing up in, in patients with these types of chronic illness? And are you coaching them through some of these, this energy um, exchange that you, that you wrote about in your second book? Well, it's always hard to tell uh, because uh, obviously correlation doesn't necessarily indicate causation, as you know, in science. So I do see a lot of endometriosis patients who've had really unpleasant sexual experiences. And but I, you know, I also see endometriosis patients who haven't. So uh, uh, but it would make sense um, in some ways. And I do have one case. It was many years ago, but I'm still in touch with this um, woman who is now. Um, uh, you know, married and has children, but uh, she was a student in New York and she was raped by a stranger, which, you know, a, a lot of the people who've been raped that I see were raped by people they know. Um, but this was the sort of um, stranger rape. She was um, uh, accosted in a stairwell and she dropped out of school. And when she came to us at Yenova, she was extremely scared of men. And we are a largely female practice. And I had a a wonderful massage therapist who uh, gave her my an abdominal massage and we just very slowly treated her with an enormous amount of love I, I you know I have a daughter who's in her 20s and um, I, um, I I my heart broke the mum in me wanted to just you know hold her and protect her and she was very fragile to start with and she had she developed endometriosis after the rape and uh, or at least Truthfully, she was diagnosed with endometriosis after the rape, and we don't know, in fact. But we slowly pieced everything together, emotionally, physically, energetically. We treated her with herbs. We gave her a lot of love, um, a lot of touch, feminine touch, I think, was really important. And her endometriosis did clear up, which is very unusual. Um, endometriosis tends not to clear up. It tends to have to be surgically removed, but hers did. Uh, and that gave me some inkling. But as we say, um, correlation doesn't necessarily indicate causation. So I don't completely know. But I think holding on to experiences in your body creates tightness, which over time creates denser and denser tissue. Um, and um, that tissue can be problematic and inflammatory. Absolutely. I love that, the way you explained that because it does, again, tie everything in together. And that was my personal experience. I, I went more down, you know, the Western medicine route with uh, uh, pharma, with uh, pharmaceuticals and then down functional medicine. And, you know, I got better and I got better, uh, but it wasn't until I kind of dealt with what was going on in my brain subconsciously that everything kind of fell into place. So I think all of it together is what makes the difference, at least in my personal experience and in how I work as, um, as, a, as a health coach now and as a, a women's health coach. So I love that you kind of threw, threw everything together. So you've written these three books, <laughs> okay? We've gotten the fertility, we've gotten the libido, we've got the energy work. What is next for you? Do you have any things on the horizon? Are you going to stick with the, the energy healing or is there something else that's really piquing your interest right now? Well, I'm looking forward to us all getting back to our clinics in New York. We were just about to open another one in LA and obviously that got put on hold. Um, so what's next for me is to get 
Unova back in the clinic and, and everybody, um, you know, all the patients looked after. And I think that will take us the rest of the year. But when it comes to books, I am looking at, um, remember I talked about the Dow and the energy field we live in and the movements in the Dow. I'm looking at how um, natural rhythms of nature have um, uh, got lost <laughs> as we've, you know, we're very rhythmic creatures, human beings. You talked about the digestive system and the digestive system is extraordinarily rhythmic one of the things that's going on at the moment when i talk to patients is they're eating at all times because their schedules are all off because they're on lockdown most of my patients and um they are suffering they're constipated and they have tummy ache and, or loose stools or uh, acid reflux yeah and so um i'm getting them back in their rhythms even though we've lost our sort of work rhythm uh, as uh, as we're all on lockdown. But I'm interested in um, a lot of the ancient cultures and how particularly um, ancient Chinese medicine, which is obviously close to my heart, but even sort of ancient pagan religions and things like that and shaman and how they use nature um, and the rhythms of nature um, in their sort of healing to support human beings. And I have a feeling we need to get back to supporting the planet, which nurtures us. And um, I'm, so I'm looking at that for a book about sort of rhythm and ritual in some ways. That would be an incredible book to come out right now when, like you said, most people's rhythms are completely off. It's really been interesting to see how people have responded to the crisis that we're in. And for folks who don't have jobs, they just feel like their day is endless. There's no difference between the weekend and, you know, and the weekday. And, you know, even in my household, there's been some depression going on around that. And so it's been really important to get those natural rhythms back and I know one of the the best things we can do is to get in rhythm with just the sun and the moon right these are incredible things and even just getting good quality sleep can be something that's crucially important for you if you are still listening around infertility or your low libido or anything about your menstrual health these are these are things that are universally true which leads me to maybe my last question for you before we close which is if there was one single, I know this is hard for you because you have such a vast knowledge, but if there's one single kind of biohack that you could give women to advance where they are with their menstrual health, their reproductive health right now, what would it be? Would it be sleep, energy, you know, breath work? What could people do to really support their bodies right now? Well, uh, actually, I think, uh, I think we go back to rhythm. People with uh, irregular menses sometimes just put up with it. But the truth is that we are rhythmic and everything, we feel better when our um, periods are regular and, um, uh, and we have a rhythm. And so I, uh, you know, I often meet women who've sort of disrupted their rhythm a lot by going on the pill back to back and never having a period and things like that which seems convenient, but it does have an effect. So I would say that your period, I hate the term the curse. You know how some people call your period the curse? It's actually your way of knowing how healthy you are in some ways. So I troubleshooting your period, even if you're not trying to get pregnant, uh, is an important thing. You shouldn't have PMS. We treat PMS at Unova. Um, it's a sign that you're not having the, the, the correct relationship with progesterone at the end of your cycle. You shouldn't have clotted periods. You shouldn't have painful periods. 
Um, you shouldn't have periods that are too heavy or too light. And so I think that your period gives you a lot of information about the rest of your cycle and the rest of your general health. And troubleshooting can lead you all sorts of ways, including nutrition and um, uh, lifestyle things. It can even tell you that you're in the wrong relationship as you troubleshoot your period. So um, I would say pay attention and try and um, uh, biohack your, your menstrual rhythm. Oh, yes, I love it. You know that this is the thing that I care about most in the world as I'm a menstrual health coach. And I am actually going to be talking a lot about this coming up on my Instagram at She Talks Health, uh, specifically around PMS. And you nailed it. I mean, 90% of women have PMS, but ladies, PMS is not something you should put up with. Like Jill said, it's something that you can support. It usually has something to do with your progesterone not being in balance with um, with the rest of your with estrogen and with the rest of your body during the second half of your cycle. So please don't settle for less than what you deserve with your menstrual health. It does indicate the rest of your health. Uh, where can people find you? Unovacenter.com, right? Is that the best place? Um, yes, it's Y-I-N-O-V-A Center, spelt the American way, dot com. I'm Jill Blakeway, but there are 28 of us at Unova, and we're all um, treating our patients online at the moment. So no matter where you are in the world, you can, in fact, have a consult with a Unova practitioner, and we'll help you troubleshoot your fertility, your libido, give you wellness coaching, and I am available for energy work uh, as well. So um, uh, come and visit us. We also have a very lively blog. So there's a lot of information on there. Thank you so much for your incredible insights today, Jill. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. And if you are listening and you love this, please make sure to go over to iTunes, leave us a rating or a review. Doing this actually helps more women find the show and give them access to information that they might not normally have. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you will join us next week for the live show with Jody Cohen, founder of Vibrant Blue Oils. And she's going to be talking to us about how we can activate our body's ability to heal and stay calm even during the pandemic. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us this week for She Talks Health. Please join Sophie Shepard again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another episode of our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.